So Dan, I heard you and the guys were doing some Pathfinder the other day. How was it? Uh, it was pretty great, Kim. In fact, the game went smoother than ever. Uh, you had good players, I assume. Oh god, no. It was the usual gang of miscreants. But the battles went pretty fast, and the adventure was smooth sailing. How was that? It was with a few new RPG goodies we got from Roll for Initiative. We got this new dice tower with the initiative tracker. It's got this awesome idea that uses magnetic pieces in these two team colors. So we roll on the red, and we all knew when exactly when we were going to go, because it's huge and displayed right in front of us. And the best part? It's on dry erase. So there's not all these like, little shreds of paper for all the monsters and everything just laying around the table when we were done. That sounds great, but didn't the giant maps get in your way? Not even a little bit. You see, we use these new dry erase dungeon tiles that Roll for Initiative has too, so the GM had everything ready. Like, nobody was waiting around for him to draw maps and, like, knocking over their miniatures and having to keep moving phones and everything. In fact, he had them all ready to go before the adventure and was just laying them out. And they come in two different sizes, like the 5x5s, so when we were going, like, down the little tunnels and everything, he was breaking out those. And then when he broke out these three giant 10x10 tiles, we knew we were in the sweet spot. We were hunting a dragon, he had to be in that room. But it was great because we didn't see it beforehand because he didn't have pieces of paper all over a big ugly map. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, but it also sounds kind of pricey. Actually, the prices are pretty amazing. You see, you can get anything from individual tiles and like clothing, battle mats, and more. You know, uh, in fact, Roll for Initiative even has this awesome Dungeon Master special. And this thing is crazy. You get like the dice tower with that initiative tracker, you get the DM screens, you get even a pack of the dungeon tiles, you even get three dry erase markers. Because when we first got ours, we were like, oh, we gotta make sure we swing by Staples on the way home to buy some dry erase markers. Not with this. And what's crazy is you get 120 polyhedral dice. So if you're starting up a brand new group, or if you wanna play at like, your local game store and you think people are gonna swipe some of your D20s, this thing is awesome, and the best part, it's $59.99, which is basically like what any supplement book is nowadays. Now, I know that might sound a little pricey. What's awesome? If you use promo code MFGCAST, you're going to get 10% off your whole order. So you just go to RollForInitiative.com. That's Roll, the number four, Initiative.com, and use that promo code MFGCAST in the checkout screen, and you're going to save 10% off your order. But you got to remember, Kim, it's good until December 1st. So if you want to do some Christmas shopping and get some people those RPG goodies, you better do it quick. This episode of the MFG cast is sponsored by BattleBards. BattleBards is your premium tabletop audio for your RPGs, tabletop games, etc. From sound effects to monster scapes. Soundscapes. To scripts and languages. If it's passage I'll be seeking, it won't be comfortable. Oh, it's cheap. Dasek, Mikil, Sariv, Shotleg, Nomeno, Moonfrek, Sariapskile. And last but not least, incredible musical score.
not only can you get this great fantasy audio, but you can get something free from the MFG Cast with coupon codes. Use the MFG Cast code MFGCast1 when buying the $10 and $25 packages and get the Soul Forging score music and get the score music Dwarf Temple the Soul Forging. Use the code MFGCast2 when buying your $50 and $100 packages to receive five free tracks, including I Monster Combat, Behold Extermination, The Soundscape Dungeon, Dungeon of Lost, Inhabited, The MPC Script, Armor Smith, Steel and Silk, and Sound Effect, Short Bow, Arrow Barrage. And lastly, with using your MFGCast3 code for the $150 and $300 packages, you get a total of 10 tracks, which is one full album, including the score, Dark Elf City, Morning Doer, the sound effect, Magic Missile Spell, the Monsterscape, Common Giant, Torture, Hill Giant, Entertaining at Home, the Racial Language, Orcish, or Brood Lashes Out, and End the Soundscape, Castle Ruins, Ruins of the Black Castle at Night. Use those codes to not only get wonderful Battle Bard music, but to get something free from us and get your MF game on. And now, back to the show. This is the MFG Cast. You're damn right it is. <laughs> so once again, we have decided to hijack Kurt's show. It's so much easier than doing our own. You're you're part of the show now, so you don't hijack it. You're just part of it. Mm, I prefer the thieving aspect, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Skyrim lately, so just taking things is how I do stuff now. Nice, nice. <laughs> but we're not alone today, Kurt. Who's with us? We have our wives, apparently. That's weird. They they want to play board games with us, but they also want to hang out with us. That's very doubly odd. And also don't want to introduce themselves. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Either one of you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim. I'm Tracy. So, so, on, so on the highly produced episode of the year, <laughs> yes. what are we going to be talking about today, Kurt? Well, um, I think I think you said that you wanted to do something. So, what did you want to do? Well, uh, lately we've been playing more and more deck builders, and I'm always like fascinated by like how things change over time. You know, like uh, so a quick aside. You know, you think back to political elections of ages ago, where you know everyone was like, "Oh, like this guy's gonna do this and this," and now like you know political uh, things are more like, "Hey, did you hear who Beyonce is voting for?" That's what I'm going to do, because, you know, things change over time, <laughs> as does our hobby. So this is all about the evolution of deck builders. Which is funny that you that you wanted to do this, because I, cause, you know, I wanted to have Tracy on, too, because it seems like, you know, like, deck building is kind of right up our alley. It's, like, one of our favorite things, you know, if not the favorite thing for us to play. But um, I realized that there really isn't that many deck building games out there. You know, like, there's a lot of people that that will say that there are, but I, I don't know, for some reason for a genre, I think it's still fairly new. So it's kind of cool to talk about the evolution of it because there's a, you know, a few older games, you know, a few fewer games that have been made as of late, but still it doesn't feel like there's enough out there. Yeah. That, and there's also like a lot of hidden gems where you don't think of it as a deck builder or, you know, it's not like you might've missed that small window when it came out. And one of the most, like, painful things with this hobby is something comes out, you weren't looking at stuff those three weeks, and then you never know this existed because something else came out, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. So what exactly, what would you specify as a 
true deck building game? So for me, it's um, Kim actually was even asking about like worker placement in this aspect. Like, well, what's like really worker placement? And I think it it's like when you talk about deck building or worker placement or resource management, they're not the game in its entirety. They're the method to get to the goal of the game. Mm -hmm. So in a deck builder, it's about either accruing victory points or beating monsters. But it's basically your deck is your number one tool to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because when I was talking to Tracy about it, I was like, you know, there, there seems like there's a lot of games that have kind of that ability to possibly be a deck building game, but are a true deck building game. So it's, you know, it it's hard to classify those things. There's a lot of games out there that you would say, okay, this is definitely that deck building game, but I'm sure there's a lot of other games out there that people would kind of consider possibly being it, but not really. Yeah. Like, uh, some people were saying like, Oh, well, like, you know, is magic a deck building game? Is this, and you know, for certain things like that, I would say, no, like magic is more about making a deck, not building your deck in game. Like, that's the other thing with deck builders, too. Um, people sometimes confuse them for, like, the pre-constructed type games. Mm -hmm. Where, like, oh, well, like, what about Epic? That's a deck builder. It's like, not really. Epic, you're either drawing from the same deck or making your deck beforehand. Mm -hmm. But just because there's cards on the table and you don't know what they're going to be until you draw them doesn't mean it's a deck builder. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would say deck builders, the main thing that they all share in common is you start with garbage deck with all the cards that you hate at the end of the game, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're using those like really primitive tools to get your better stuff to do what you want the deck to do. So what, what was, what was the true point of this then? So are we going to be, <laughs> are we going to be starting from the beginning of what, what we've played? Are we going to, you know, go, go to the beginning to the first, you know, true deck building game and then move through the years you know, like MFG Cast likes to do, or are we going to switch it up? What do you think? What do you think? How should you do this? I think we're going to do both of those things. Oh, both of those things. Very nice. Uh, but the main thing I want to know is, what have you guys been playing? Oh, very nice. Why don't you go ahead, and I'll let you describe what we've been playing lately. What haven't we been playing? I know. <clears throat> we were talking about this before we um, connected with you guys. What have we been playing? We've been playing lots of deck building so we've been playing dc marvel um we hauled out some that i've never played before so i never i asked you this before we came on what was it what is it nightfall mm -hmm. how did you guys dig nightfall that's one of the few that i didn't get a chance to jump on yet i said it was it was okay i only played it once though you've played it more than once yeah i i like it for its aspect for um uh, we talked about this when we t when we shared notes about it. Like you were talking about another game that kind of has a, you know, it's another game that has the I don't want to wait for you to play kind of thing. Where in, in Nightfall, you know, you can you can play your you play what's called a, a, chain, a, chain. a chain. Yep. yep. And then when your chain is done, the other player can actually build on your chain. That, and then it could basically screw the other player up while they're trying to do their own chain to screw you up. So basically, it's it's a game of monsters fighting monsters, basically. Yeah. And then you know to further you know to to use the chain, you use uh, the color. They have uh, colored moons, basically. Mm -hmm. And depending upon where the moon is on the card, um, you can do different chains. You can do uh, oh, what's that other thing that they've got? 
it's on the bottom left corner of it. I forget what it's called. Um, gosh, I can't remember exactly, but it's a cool little game where you can, you know, just like a lot of deck building games, you use points to buy cards and you also use them to attack, but also, you know, as the other players playing, the other person can kind of counter attack while you're playing your turn. So you don't always have to wait for the other player's turn to find out what they're going to do to you. So, well, and then there's certain cards that you, you initially pick at the beginning of the game. So you can only buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, what did we pick two at the two. beginning of the game? So we drafted at the beginning of the game. Yep. Um, so there were two, two cards that we could only purchase. Um, except that I had, um, a special card where I could start buying his cards. Um, so it made it interesting. I think I'd like to play it again. So basically, um, like it has like that personal buying row. Is what you're saying? Yeah. It does. There's two. only two cards. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. There's two decks of like I think six cards a piece, and then you also have a community row where you can buy. I think it's like eight different stacks yeah. of cards and stuff like that. Yep. And you also will you start out with your own deck of cards that the other every other player has. That's a basically a one time use only thing. They're kind of the junk cards that you were talking about. Yeah, kind of like your chafe cards where it's like, okay, we only have this much where we can, you know, buy this one card and then it's gone. We got this other card that's, you know, it's a a defense, you know, a big defensive guy. But then as soon as he gets eliminated, he's out of the game. So everybody kind of starts off with their own thing, but then they can kind of take from their own personal piles and then from the community pile and then see where it goes from there. So, yeah. it's a pretty decent game. It's like Tracy Tracy talked about before we started recording. I kind of agree with her because it's kind of older. I think it's from like 2009. It's not as not a, not as good looking as you'd want it to be. You know, yeah. you want more from it. And it had some expansions to it too. And we just haven't played them yet. So maybe it got better in the art style. But the art kind of looks like um like an old like. 2000s 90s vampire movie or something <laughs> it's really it's it's strange like um but but i guess that doesn't really matter that much you can just ignore the the weird looking characters yeah exactly but so we only i have only played it once so i guess i would play it again yeah. um what else have we been playing um we uh, played ascension i'd like to get some more of those and try to stack some, some more of those on do you guys play like physical ascension or have you been playing the app um physical yeah i've only yeah. played the app the app she hasn't played the app yet no. but speaking of apps we actually I didn't know there was an app actually <laughs> <laughs> there is. Yeah. And you have no idea what you're in store for with that thing. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah? Yeah, because like, you know when you're playing and you're like, you're looking at your codes and you're like, wait a minute. All right, I think this will work off of this. And like, you know, like, oh, that's right. I, I forgot. I got, I'm supposed to banish a card. All of it's automatic. The shuffling is automatic. There's no thinking. Not not as much thinking. And when you're done, you just hit end. You don't have to like, because the one problem with the Ascension is because every time you kill the monsters, they're going to the void but not too many other cards are. So, like, you always have to super shuffle your deck so your monsters get spread back throughout that deck again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, start game. There we go. Shuffle's done. (laughs) And it's, like, four bucks. Nice. Oh, so good. We'll have to check it out. We downloaded the Humble Bundle for Android. Oh, nice. Um, So for five bucks, the, the money went to charity, and we got how many games? Three, six... Nine, ten games, all on our phones. Catan and 
what else? Oh, um, we learned how to play Splendor and um, San Juan and... Carcassonne, Galaxy Trucker, Scotland Yard, Tons of different games. Ingenious, Small World 2, Take It Easy. I haven't played tons of them, but um, downloading it, we started playing Splendor on there, which led us to spend way too much money to actually buy the game um, somewhere else. Um, So we bought the actual game last weekend right nope so we've been playing that a lot that's pretty well we've been playing yeah that's pretty much all we've been playing (laughs) and it has been we just played it tonight before we came on here yeah and i have to say as a quick aside before i will let you let you guys talk for two seconds finally i really playing splendor as much as we have i am that and i've only we've only played it uh you know well we played it more times than maybe most people would have only having it a week, but it's slowly becoming one of my favorite games. Even I, if I kick his ass. <laughs> I love how she has to throw that in Well, there. no, because you get mad. I do, I do. He gets really mad because I beat him. Yeah, that's one of those games where it's like, it, it's so well, so well thought out in every aspect of it where, you know, it's like with, you know, getting the getting the cards and getting the jewels and having the nobles to get, you know, getting the colors to get the nobles for extra points, trying to get to 15 points, but also not getting to it so quickly to where your your other, if you're, the other players still have one turn, you know, one extra round to, you know, go above that, which I've seen that, I, I've seen that happen now that we've played the app and played together. It's like, okay, I'm at 15. Oh, I'm at 17. Damn it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, a, it. Every, every aspect of this game has been thought out so well that I'm like, I just, I really can't find a flaw in it. How, so, like, it's, um, it's cool. How long would you say it takes to the two of you to play a full game of it? Well, it, it really depends. Like, you know, if, depending upon, you know, because all the stacks are, you know, so, you know, random and depending upon your, you know, what you're kind of, what you think you're going to go for and then when other cards flip up, then you're kind of, screwed in that aspect because you're like okay i need five whites and three reds while i've all i've got like you know five browns and two blues and i'm like i'm never going to get to this point where i need this one card that i need to get ahead so it's i would say it depends on yeah how the cards are shuffled and whether the other person took the gems that you wanted and you know what you're shooting for yeah because we and if you reserved cards we've learned to reserve cards a lot um, because then you get a gold yeah, gem, that, and then get you get that wild, wild gem, basically. But I think you could play like playing it on the phone against somebody. You can play it. You can play it in thirty minutes or less. Yeah, yeah. Because um, um, I mean, when that game first came out, it was like fire around us. Like a couple of our friends absolutely loved it. But for me, I, I think it was the people I was playing with. That game just petered out so fast. Mm-hmm. I went. Like nine and like nine out of ten wins in that game, mm-hmm. and it kind of it was weird. People like were taking longer to play, but not playing any better. They were just taking longer. Yeah, and it got to that point where I'm like, I'm just gonna set this table on fire if I have to play this game again. <laughs> yeah, like, take your take your damn turn. <laughs> yeah, it's like if if you're winning and you're taking a while, sure, like I get it, you're planning out, but it's like you you've lost every time and you're losing by more, like. Go back to what you were doing. Don't try new shit until you find out why your old shit doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and it and it depends too because 
while other people are taking their turns, you can look at what cards are out there. And then, you know, if they screw you up by taking the card you're, like, plotting for or taking the gem you want, then you do something else. But you can save time by looking ahead. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. what I try to do. Yeah. And I tell I told Logan tonight even, I said, you know what, don't, don't plan one move ahead, plan two moves ahead. You know, think... Okay, I want this card, but you know, again, like Tracy kind of said, if that card is going to be taken, think of it. Think of option number two, because you can't get you can't get so stuck on one. Because that he's a little kid, he thinks, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this one thing, you know, and it's like, okay, it's going to be epic. Yeah, it's like, guess what? There's five other options, and we're probably going to be scoring a lot more points while you're trying to do this one thing. But keep it a secret. Don't tell us what card, or we're going <laughs> to. Take it from you. Yeah, it's like yeah, as we both done. <laughs> it's more of like just think of how you want to get there. Not this yeah. is the only way to get there. I think it depends on who you're playing with. You you have a point because otherwise that would drive me crazy too, and I would probably want to burn the table. Because I mean, but, I went a little longer than Kim did. Because like after the third game, Kim was like, no, no more, and just like left. She <laughs> and then like they just every week they kept bringing it, and it just got like progressively worse for me. Yeah. I, I would love to play it against yeah. you guys at some point, just to you know get a different uh, different flow from the game. But well, oh, and then the last one I thought about is um, Lords of Waterdeep. Tell I, me about this Lords of Waterdeep. Is it good? I've heard things. I think you might like it. I think you might like it. But we did the whole um, we did the whole caboodle. So uh, we hauled out Skullport and um, what's the other one? I can't think of it. Uh, the mountains. What is it? What is uh, it? Like Undermountain Under, and... Uh, Undermountain, yep. yep. And then so We did Skullport. everything. Nice. So, um, yeah. So we've been playing that. Kurt, Kurt said last week and he goes, ooh, the game wasn't even over. He goes, is it bad that this game isn't even over and I want to play it again? And I go, I knew you would like it again. Yeah, so we started doing a new house rule where uh, we deal all three of the lords. And uh, this way you get to pick one. <laughs> so this way you're not just playing the same guy over and over. Because as much as I love that game, I don't know, there's just something about like getting the piety and skullduggery guy like three times in a row. Where you're like, God damn it. All right, let's do this. You know, so at least it mixes it up a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've, done, we've actually done away with the... Uh, the... The skull guy. Or the... No, the eyeball guy. Why can't I... The beholder, yes. We, we've done away with that guy. Just because we like, burned him. Yeah, Just we, kidding. We haven't burned him, but I, the one time that I played with him, I dominated so hard. I was like, "This this card needs to be banished." <laughs> Eventually, maybe it could be played again, but I'm like, it's, "He's just too overpowering." I feel. I'd love to see it, man, because um, over here it's the opposite. Everyone feels that that guy just sucks. Really? Yeah, because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like each of the, the corruption is worth like four less. But if you have 15 of them, who cares? I'm like, well, then don't take 15. Yeah. You know, it's like it's moderation, man. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but all the other lords, it's overindulgence. Why? Like, if you don't take enough, then that negative four means nothing. I'm like, what do you want me to say, man? Like, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like people say like he's like too hard to balance out. Yeah, you had him and you pissed me off. Yeah. I think the last time you had him, yeah. like there was a. <laughs> it, it, yeah it was bad yeah i don't think we played with him since but the last couple of times we played that we made sure to take out all the old guys and pick one of the new yeah, out of the expansions so that we could play those except for don't be like me and not read your lord card right 
and ignore the symbols. For some reason, I was I'm I don't know I I hadn't been drinking or anything, and I completely disregarded the symbol on my card. But I didn't do that bad. No. No, it was just it. It was not pretty. I'm like I read it after because we were going through scoring, and I went, "You've got to be shitting me." The Lord, where you get like uh, three points for every building in quest with that symbol. Right? Yeah, with the skull poor guy. Or oh yeah. The, yeah. Yep. I um, completely bypassed the symbol. Yep. She thought it was just every ma- non-mandatory quest she completed. So she's like, "Oh yeah, I have like 15 of these." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm um, like rage because yeah. there is a guy who you can just do whatever quest for three, and I got him the next time we played. But oh man, I felt stupid. <laughs> One time when I was playing, I uh, I thought I had the girl where you get six points for every building, mm-hmm. but I didn't, and I don't know why I thought I did. Oh, no. And I flip with my lord. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and I thought <laughs> one of the people were screwing with me. No, I just <laughs> I must have been thinking about something else and just went, that's who I am, and just started doing it. I never checked the card to consult or anything. And at the end of the game, I'm like, well, uh, I guess I get eight points for warfare quests, and that's it. <laughs> it's rough. It's brutal. <laughs> but I had like eight buildings, so that's fun. <laughs> Good experiment. What have you been up to, Kim? Working. (laughs) I haven't been playing much. I want to play Malifaux soon. We still got to learn that. What is it? Uh, Malifaux, the miniature game. Oh, I've never heard of that. Any highlight points? Anything you would like to mention? It's still got to be the rule book, so. It's like pulling teeth, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um. We got to demo it a few weeks ago. It's, It's pretty awesome. It's um. It's a miniature like skirmish game, but instead of buying fifty thousand miniatures and fielding these giant war bands, you play with like five to eight guys per fight. Wow. So it's a lot more manageable. And it's like the world is really awesome. It's like just like tons of like arcane and um like creative stuff in this world. So uh I'll I'll give you like a huge rundown of it in the future. I, otherwise it'll just kill all the time of this one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh for me, the only thing I've been doing is been going ape shit with the Skyrim uh, remastered edition. Nice. So what's different about the remastered edition of it? Like looks prettier, and it has all the <laughs> DLC. That's it. I, nice. The thing that is shocking though is the game holds up so damn well. Yeah. And like, I mean, you know, you always like hear like how huge the world is. Um, I started like running around and like stealing stuff and being sneaky and all these other fun things, right? So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I never joined the Thieves Guild when I played these games. Let me do it this time. Join the Thieves Guild. Start doing the stuff. All these quests. All these extra things. And I come to find out, like, there's these gems that belong to this, like, shattered crown that if you can find them all and reunite them, you basically create a new artifact. Nice. This is, like, all... And there's also somebody honking like a maniac outside. <laughs> he wants the crown, too. <laughs> Like, you know, so, like, there was that thing. I was like, all right, neat. There's all these, uh, like, other side jobs. You eventually find out there's, like, a thieves, like, almost like a... You remember in old D&D there was that language, thieves can't? Yeah. Like, the language only known of rogues? Yeah. They almost have something like that in Skyrim, where there's these etchings on buildings that it's... You can play the entire game and never really notice it. Like, they're just, like, on the sides of doors or on a little post or something. They're actually marks from the thieves' guild... Letting you know this house is protected. This is one of our agents. 
this guy is actually a fence. This is a safe house if you need to hide. This is a house like that has valuables. Definitely hit this house. This house has nothing. Move away from here. Like, all this shit like that. I'm like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it also does, like, the uh, the generated missions where it's like, oh, uh, we need you to plant evidence on this guy. Go do this. Go to... And you can just keep doing these missions over and over. You get yeah. paid every time. Eventually, you can start doing influence missions inside of cities to reestablish a Thieves' Guild chapter in those cities. Yeah. All of this is from one guild in this game that you can play the entire game and never even come across. Yeah. Yeah. I love all the hidden stuff, especially in, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in books that, like, you will find one thing out and it's like, okay, here's... 15 other places you have to go and if you find it you'll find like the biggest spell that no one's ever found before it's like um one of the things that uh i actually got was um like i came across a book that just mentioned like this hero and his blade i go out um like it actually started a quest i find like um the red talon or something like that i'm like neat take the red talon head out go to this other cave and it's like find the true origins of the sword you go to another cave you put the sword in the stone it opens this gate where this like lich comes through and the sword actually transforms to where it like helps banish undead all of that from reading a book yeah i know it's crazy i love it i that that's why you know it seems like bethesda always you know gets all these awards because they always put all that time into something where you know there's a lot of games when you play them it's like okay you know what kind of you know like what we talked about with with w2k17 it's like wwe2k17 it's like okay did anybody put any fucking time into this you know it's like or did we just reskin you know old stuff and just you know throw some extra voices in it you know yeah that's what i'm saying it's like it's like uh you know and i mean say what you said will about skyrim only having the six different voices like, you know, like, every time you go into it, it's like, you know what's wrong with Skyrim these days? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you go, like, you talk to somebody else, it's like, now I'm selling bread. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, cool, this guy's doing everything, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it always seems to be, like, the same, like, guys from the other games, too, so you're kind of, like, you're kind of used to it, you know? It's like an old friend. It's like, oh, this guy. Well, I figure this. There might only be six voices in Skyrim. That's five more than 2K17 has. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's and true. It's, and it's a game from six years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Um, so speaking of six years ago, how about we talk about some tech builders? Sweet. So I will, I will, uh, kick this one off. Sweet. Cause it all started with Dominion, I think. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was published way in the early times of man. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure it was that we got penicillin nice. and then, uh, Donald X Vaccarino made Dominion. It was like nice. roughly around that same time, way back in 2008. So <laughs> this game is uh, massive. It is pretty much the grandfather of all deck builders. It's number forty-seven on Board Game Geek, and this thing has over fifty-two thousand ratings. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's it's pretty much historic as far as deck building goes. One thing that I found out that is incredibly awesome: Ryan Laukat of Red Raven Games did art for some of the Dominion cards. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny too because he's like super young. So when did he do this? When he was like three? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Why does that name sound so familiar? The above and below. Thank guy. you. Yeah. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot <laughs> because that—that's na- why there's editing. 
I know, but I didn't want you guys to judge. Hey, guess what? We we've done it. We've done it too. So. I know, but the name sounded really familiar. We get things wrong all the time. Okay, thanks. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> now Vaccarino made that right. Time goes on. It's now 2009. Ooh, hover bikes are so close now. <laughs> uh, some of the things that come out is like Arctic Scavengers, right? It's another Rio Grande published game. But this is a new idea. It's now like when you look at the boxes, it has the same setup as Dominion and everything else. Like the you know insert that has the slots for all the separation of cards and everything else. You're like, oh, cool, same game. It's actually not. This one actually starts using combat. So it's still a victory points oriented game. But besides like going out and scavenging for goods, like there's actually a scavenge deck now. You don't know what it is, but you gotta like send people out to dig through the trash to try to find like some goods. You get all these specialist guys and they help you fight. Because at the end of every round, there's like this special reward stack. And everyone fights for what those rewards are. Mm. Now, a lot of times, like in games, you hear about like first player advantage and stuff like that. In this game, last player has the advantage because you can see how many cards people are putting into fights, right? So you know, you're always like, oh, well, you know, the first player's screwed, right? He's not, though, because the first player gets to see what everyone's fighting for. Now, what's also awesome is when you put cards into the fight, you just throw them face down. Nobody knows what they are. Could be awesome warriors, could be guys running around with weapons, or it could be that you just threw down a shovel and a spear because you just didn't feel like using them. People only know that you put down two cards, not what they are. So it's like, it's a deck builder with a lot of interaction with other players. So while in Dominion, it's kind of like, I buy this land. It is worth five victory points. It's your turn, Kurt. And you're like, I buy a gold coin. I'm done. <laughs> this game is kind of like, oh, you bastard. You got two cards down there. Uh, I, don't know. I saw you bought that thug. <sighs> All right, I got to fight you. Like, I love that it's actually a really interactive deck builder, you know? Mm -hmm. The other thing, uh, by the way, uh, the game takes place in the year 2097. So uh, if you plan on having like kids in the next few years, you might want to start investing in some survival gear. Yeah. Because you know? uh, it's not that far away. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Time rolls on. Ascension is born, right? Not only does it add combat against monsters on the board, but it adds shiny plastic gems, which makes everyone lose their shit. I believe Kim's exact words at PAX were, ooh, shinies. I did say shinies. <laughs> uh, Ascension is also notorious for like having like PCP-laced cards, because as soon as you touch this game, you're like, mm, more Ascension. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened for us when we started. So, uh, again, you know, it like adds this new idea of your deck victory points, which like all the deck builders before had, but now there's a side pile of victory points. You can actually earn it in different ways. Like, ooh, this is getting a little interesting, you know? Um, Ascension actually was so good that despite hundreds of thousands of people bitching about the art style, like, oh, art sucks, oh, it just keeps going on and on and on, and to this day still has new expansions and standalones coming out all the time. Mm -hmm. The iPad version of the game and um, Android is phenomenal, I cannot recommend it enough for people where it's like, if you've got 10 bucks to drop, you pick up uh, two ascensions and an expansion, like, you know, two sets and an expansion, and you're going to be playing this thing for dozens and dozens of hours. So, also in 2010, Puzzle Strike comes out. 
Right. Yeah. So, so a lot of people have talked about this game, but that this is one of those games that I'd never played. So tell us about it. All right. So instead of cards, they're basically like poker chips, right? Nice. So the game starts by introducing a new idea of asynchronous players. You know, it's like Arctic Scavengers. You all start with this deck. Dominion, you start with this deck. Ascension, you start with like, um, you know, like your eight acolytes and your two soldiers, right? Your militia. Puzzle Strike is you're choosing a character and you get three chips that are unique to your character. So think of it as like your super moves, right? And it's almost reminiscent of like those old like puzzle drop games. Because the whole thing is gems are coming down in your zone and you need to crash them and send them to your opponent's zone to knock them out of the game. Okay, so basically it's like playing a versus of Tetris or something like that. Yeah, like kind of like, I don't know if you remember that old like Street Fighter puzzle game. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically like Puzzle Strike, I think was the name of it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I mean, uh, Puzzle Fighters, so like Puzzle, puzzle Strike Fighter. Yeah, is the board yeah. game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, they really capture that well. So now it's a deck builder, except instead of cards, it's chips. Yeah. Which you could buy the print and play off the website and you actually print it out on cards. That's no fun. It's really yeah. fun just digging into that bag and pulling out these chips. But what's really cool is instead of victory points, now it's combative. Yeah. You win by your opponent not living anymore. As yeah. opposed to, oh, I got 112 points, I win. Yeah. So, but then I could be I could be nerd, nerd and push up my glasses and say, well, it's not a deck builder because it doesn't have a deck. It's got chips. <laughs> you could. <laughs> and then I would have to kick sand in your face at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Because if there's one thing people know about me, I'm ripped. <laughs> Can't even say it with a straight face. I get got a beach bod. <laughs> I get chest pains using a rotary phone. (laughs) 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 All right, so 2011 rolls around, right? Speaking of rolling, Quarriers. What about a deck builder that uses dice? Mm -hmm. And a lot of dice. And a lot of, if you want to think of like, ooh, shiny, I think of ooh, shiny dice because fuck, I fucking love the dice in this game. They are gorgeous. And it's, they're so good. Uh, Mike, Mike Elliott and Eric Lang get together. They're like cards. That's so last year. We're doing something different now. So they go on the deck builder idea with these dice, right? It's pretty awesome and also randomized. So you know like when you're playing a deck builder and you're like, come on, man, I need to draw my angel. And you draw the angel and you're like, yes, I win. (laughs) It's kind of like, oh, man, I need to draw my angel. Roll the dice. Shit, I don't have it. I guess I lose. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing worse than not drawing what you need is drawing what you need and not having it roll what you need. But... Quarriers is super cool, fantastically awesome, and has been played for years and years and years in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, Quarriers also basically gave birth to them releasing Dice Masters, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you know what would be even better than Quarriers? How about if you had to spend hundreds of dollars getting randomized packs <laughs> and not necessarily guaranteeing yourself anything? That's awesome. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is that people still do it. Like, I... I don't even get mad at it, you know? It's like, you know, if you get a you know a small pack for a buck, who cares, you know? Yeah, the, the price point is fantastic. It's just brutal when it's like, let me get 10 packs. I got nothing I can use. Well, that's, that's like, that for a lot of, you know, even though it's probably better for Magic, Magic's like that a lot too. You buy a lot of decks and you're like, oh, I just, I just basically just threw my money in the goddamn toilet. I could just, you know, buy some cards on 
eBay or, or Troll and Toad or something like that. True. I did find that with Dice Masters, you can buy singles and then just print out the rare versions of the cards yeah. for home play. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, it's always something to do. Now, same year, Seth Jaffe sitting around going, I ain't taking this shit laying down. It's time for me to design a game. And releases Eminent Domain, right? So we mentioned before the, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> cool. Now I get to go. Eminent Domain says, all right, F all that noise. Every time the active player goes, players can piggyback off of their action. So when you are the player, you actually play the card in addition to like essentially a copy of the card on the board. So the effects are always better. Yeah. So tell me about tell me about this game because this is a game I've heard about a, a ton. It's made by a, a good company that makes a lot of other good games. But I still it's one of those where you look at the you look at the box and you go, That looks cool, but I have no clue what this is even about because the box tells me nothing. Uh so it's essentially colonization of worlds, right? Um, there's like a couple of different types of worlds. You got you can either conquer them through militia or you know, uh, bring culture to them and like, you know, and like, uh, induct yourself into their society. So the way it works is the cards in this deck builder are actually like actions where you can like scan to find new planets or raise troops. So you can in, like increase your invading force and all that. What's nice though is like, say I play the card of build recruiting troops, right? I take the top card of the deck and the cards that I play in my hand. And every copy I play in my hand increases the effect. Mm-hmm. So like if I only play one card, I get my one card and the card I take from the center. So that's like I'm only getting two troops. Yeah. But if I played four of those from my hand and then the one from the center, now I'm getting five. Mm-hmm. So like your deck is actually, instead of most deck builders where it's like, <sighs> well, I mean, I got seven to spend. I don't really like this guy. But he's seven victory points, so let me do it. It's not like that. It's actually about like getting the planets. Like your deck doesn't remove points at the end. Your deck is literally just a tool. But what's super cool about this game is, so like I said, I just played all those war cards, right? Mm-hmm. You have two war cards in your hand. You can either choose to just draw a card off the top of, you know, like draw a card from your deck, or play those war cards, and now you're getting an action during my turn. Yeah, and then Tracy goes, and Tracy does the same thing. She's like, you know what? I'm just gonna draw from the top of my deck because I don't really know where I want to go with this yet. Then Kim goes. She's like, I'm gonna get in on that war action too, and throws down four war cards because when you go, you only get to play one type of card on your turn. Nice. So it's more selective, and it is a phenomenal play. It is a very interesting game. Um, it has like a like a commerce economy idea where you can like have goods on planets and sell them for victory points. You can conquer worlds for points. It is so well designed. It's definitely an awesome game. And like Seth Jaffe really knocked it out of the park in this one. Very nice. And this is another perfect example of like those underdog games I was telling you about where, like you said, you look at the box, you're not really sure. People haven't talked about it for a couple of years. You, if you see Eminent Domain, you go, eh, what did you get in this week? Go check out Eminent Domain. All right, so now, you know, time is like, you know, as you get older, time just goes by faster, right? Mm-hmm. 2012. Upper Deck goes, you know what? We're not making enough money. Let's get more of that. <laughs> Releases Legendary, <laughs> right? Huge game. Uh, it's like a co-op deck builder, but it's not. Because for some reason, superheroes are assholes. Where they want the most victory points so they can be the winner of all the friends. 
It's kind of like a little weird. I don't really like how they did that. Because like, do you remember that time when um, Hulk and Thor were fighting uh, Thanos? And then Thor went, oh, well, you got more points than me. So why should I try to win? If we lose, all of us lose. But if I keep fighting, you're going to win. So fuck this. And just like tanked his own team. I remember that issue. Do you? Oh, you don't? Because it doesn't make sense. (laughs) But whatever. The game is awesome. Tons of people love it. You know, it starts, like, it actually makes a board involved where there's, like, a city and villains are running around and there's schemes going off. So you actually kind of get some of that comic feel in this deck builder. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I think it does a real. they do a really good job of putting in a lot of characters that not would, you wouldn't normally know about. Like, when they throw, like, some West Coast Avengers in there, when they throw in... You know, some uh, Deadpool squad guys and stuff like that. Like, they just throw a bunch of uh, random guys that, you know, if you're big into comics, you'll know who these guys are. But if you're not, you'd be like, oh, who's that? And it, it, get, it gets you more into looking to finding out who those people are. And hopefully it'll get, you know, get people more of an appreciation of uh, Mar- Marvel Comics and the world itself. Yeah, and I mean, it, again, this is another one of the games where Upper Deck is still going with it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, Deadpool set. Uh, I think Deadpool set's slated to come out, or no, it's out. It is out. It is out. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, Civil War, everything else. I mean, everyone's like, "Why didn't they release Infinity Gauntlet?" I know. Well, they're coming out with uh, they're coming out with uh, Noir next year, which is a series that that wasn't really well received, but you know, they're going to, they're going to go for it, you know? And it's kind of a cool thing. That's like, like all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, you know, it, it, maybe it didn't work in this aspect, but maybe some people will find it and maybe they'll like it. So, I mean, and I'm sure there's other stuff that they're working on, but it's just, it's just cool to see that they, you know, they're just going to try to find ways to just keep coming out with it. And, you know, it seems like the more they, they come out with more sets, the more that they find and you can really mess with a lot of stuff. And for the most part, it works out. This That's the thing that always makes me smile about all these deck builders that come out with all these different expansions. I'm like, you think after like number seven, number eight, you'd get a little convoluted and be like, okay, this one sucks, but they, you know, they, or they don't work together anymore. Yeah. But you can just take people and aspects of them and just put them together and, I'll take these plots from this and these schemes from this and these people and the villains from this one because we have legendary villains, right? Yeah. Yep. And it works with, I don't know. It, it just works all well. works together. Yeah. It's weird how it all works together. Is legendary villains pretty dope? Because that's the one I want to play. Yeah. 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 I always love that. I always love that part because it seems like a lot of people don't like to go for those because everyone's like, oh, you know. It's, you like the good guys. Heroes, of course, but I'm always like, let's let's see how the villains part works because most of the time it's all you know screwing over your partner, which I think is a cool aspect to see <laughs> the different parts of that. You know, where it's not just okay, this is co-op, whatever. You know, that sounds. I actually really want to play that one now. I gotta see if they got that out of a local. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun. All right, so awesome. 2012. There's this dude you might have heard of him, Friedman Freeze. He made a few games. <laughs> you know, kind kind of a little known in the gaming community. He decides that it is no longer the year of the dragon. It is the year of the deck builder. And yes, I actually looked up what the Chinese Zodiac was that year. I did research. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Let me just give a little pat on the back there. (laughs) So, um, Friedman Fries, again, he decides to make a deck builder that incorporates a board. 
So now it's a board game where your deck is a tool on how you get things done as opposed to moving around and worker placement. Nice. Right. So it has awesome... It has like a mass assortment of some of uh, his favorite mechanics from different games. And basically at the end of the rulebook, he noted... Uh, people note like that this mechanic reminds them of this and this mechanic reminds them of this game and the reason is because I blatantly ripped those things off to make this game <laughs> because nice. if there's something you really enjoy and you think man it would be better if you did this then do that because that's what makes gaming great and that's why the name of this game is copycat because he literally copied the shit that he likes from other games so first of all that is fucking awesome that is so great <laughs> that he just blatantly said it and the game is very awesome to boot alright so Another thing that came uh, straggling along that year is, who is a fan of boobs? I am. Anyone else? Am I the only one? All right. I guess it's only 25% of the people here. <laughs> no, nah, they're okay. Oh. <laughs> so we'll say it's 35% of the people here. Nice. What? Um, <laughs> Kanzume Goddess comes out from Jap Anime Games. So, you know, it's like a lot of their games are kind of like, every girl is super curvy and loves showing skin because, you know, why not? You know, apparently I missed that part of Japan when I was over there, but I'm sure I'll find it someday. It's a deck builder where you're actually playing as these gods, again, with asynchronous powers, but the game actually introduces this awesome idea of, like, Harmony of the Stars, where every card you get has a colored gem in the corner and then is followed by one or two gems after it. And you can only play cards in sequence if the color of the gems line up accordingly. Nice. So if you try to make just a pure psycho offense deck to like kill everyone out, you're only going to play like one or two cards per turn. But if you actually harmonize your deck by you know looking at the different gods and everything else, you actually do incredibly well in this game. And it's an awesome idea that I have not seen in any other deck builders. And you know because a lot of people get turned off by the art or get embarrassed by it or whatever which is something that I imagine people that have shame do. I don't really get that. <laughs> What's but, uh, shame? Yeah, it's, it's been uh, speculated that shame is just something that gets in the way of a good time, and I'm a fan <laughs> of that saying. But the game is awesome, and uh, it's a shame that it never really got any follow-up or you know, additional uh, air breathed into it, because that's a really cool idea for a deck builder that I've never seen before and haven't seen since. Mm. You know? So, once again, things march on. 2013. Ooh, getting close to today. War Machine releases High Command, a deck builder off the War Machine universe. This thing is met with an icy reception. <laughs> but great ideas that unfortunately just fell flat to the people. Um, it's a deck builder where you're going to choose a faction. Like, so you actually have a little bit of that magic pre-construction thing before you play. Because you're going to choose a leader, and those leaders decide what colors you get access to of the troops. Like, there's, like, this six-color coding thing amongst the troops. So your leaders decide, like, have special troops that they lead. And then you choose 12 cards of those colors to form your buy deck. It's like a personal buy row for just your side versus your opponent's side. So you have these asynchronous leaders, you're like pre-constructing your buy deck and then you have a personal buy row and then you're recruiting those troops to fight for cities and for control of the areas something again a deck builder where you get to make the deck that you buy the cards from before you play holy shit so like 
We know when you play Ascension, you're like, oh man, I don't like these guys. You just don't use them. This no. game lets you do that. It's no. awesome. Hmm. And you can usually find this game for like, oh, I don't know, $5? Because every place has it on clearance because they're like, please get the shit out of my building. It's just taking up space. <laughs> but I, I to this day, I actually, it's like my guilty pleasure. I still enjoy breaking it out. Me and George play it every so often. It is a very awesome idea of going to war like in a deck builder and the other thing that's pretty interesting is there's a winds of war deck that is random conditions that get, and that's also the game's clock and in the last few cards is basically the end of the world card where you don't know when the game is going to end it's not a guaranteed 15 rounds it might only be 12 nice. it might be 14 so it's like once you start getting into that mid part of the deck you're like oh shit I need to go crazy now Nice. Because one of the other brutal things in a lot of deck builders is people like to turtle and just try to go more points, more points, more points, and you're like, you're winning. Can you please end this? Nope. I'm gonna get all the points first, and you're like, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that in this game. If you try to dick around, you're gonna lose every time, and that's great. Nice. Well, we've seen it firsthand how much people disliked it when we went to packs. <laughs> That we saw online, before we went to PAX, we saw online, oh, there is going to be a High Command tournament. Cool. Okay, we're gonna definitely going to sign up. We go to the... You want to say something? I just want a quick note. I came in second place in this tournament. Nice. Nice. So we went to go sign up, right? And then somebody said, oh, like, should the sign sheet is, like, over there where they're actually holding it. We go. And we talked to the guy. They're very nice. What was it? Um, Privateers... Uh, yeah, pr- uh, Privateer Press. Privateer Press. Yeah, they were very nice. And they were like, okay, you're going to sign up? So like, cool. All right, so it's going to be you and let's call this guy Bob. You two are in the tournament. That's it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good job getting second. Yeah. Congratulations. This guy whooped the shit out of me. <laughs> I had Magic pl- the Gathering flashbacks. Yeah, the guy... The guy b- been playing it every day since he got it what's funny is though yeah, actually exactly the guy even said let's wait 10 minutes to see if anyone else is gonna come nice no i, I knew people were not gonna come i'm glad nobody <laughs> else did because then i would have gotten last place <laughs> yeah. well you did get last place i got second to first place that's not bad <laughs> I, I think they said something like second place. Second place's first loser. Is that what is that what they say? Which uh, means I got the first place of losers, <laughs> which makes me the winner of losers. Nice. Or last place if there's only two people. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> but congratulations. Thank you very much. It Did was you a hard. Get a participant ribbon. Yes. Oh uh, no, you got something. They. I got because uh, I got second place in the tournament. I got a lot of points, and I got dice and some extra like War Machine exclusive shit that I gave to one of my friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, "Where did you get this?" I'm like, "I got second place in the tournament at PAX." Yeah. He's like, where, "You where, did." Where, yeah. Where were you 20 minutes ago? You could have placed third place. Yeah. You didn't tell him that you were one of two people, though, did you? There's no reason to share it unnecessarily. I was going to say, I wouldn't. (laughs) I got second place. There were like hundreds of people who played in this tournament. I did tell one of my friends, I'm like, that was there. I was like, you should play. And he goes, I don't know how to play. I'm like, you could have done worse than I did. (laughs) (laughs) All you had to do was show up. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Are you dead? No. Here's some prizes. Exactly. (laughs) That's 
awesome. So what happens next? Well, so you've seen how the breakdown of most deck builders go, where you got, like, the simple, okay, you have a buy row, and you also have a row of monsters, okay? Whether it's mixed into the deck, like Ascension, how whenever they reveal the new cards, you might get a monster or, you know, just a card to buy, or, like, Legendary, where you have a buy deck, and you just have a separate villain deck to fight. But I do like how, like most of the deck builders, it's usually like those two formulas. So in 2014, a man called Jason C. Hill had an idea. So with Flying Frog Productions, they came out with Dark Gothic. Now I don't know if you heard of Touch of Evil. It's another like series of board games. <laughs> They came out with a card game, so it's a touch of evil, dark gothic. And it's basically, you're you're just a bunch of heroes fighting monsters and just, I don't know, saving the village, I guess you can say. Because it's like almost like that, uh, that classic, oh, look, it's vampires, werewolves, like almost like the old-timey monsters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like in Ascension... You know how you can either use, you can get uh, the fighting cards to fight the monsters. Yeah. Or just basically, like, uh, recruit people to buy the cards. In this one, there's three things that you have. You have the combat, which is used, obviously, for fighting the monsters. And then certain cards use cunning, which is like a green so it's almost like uh, intelligence, really. So, like, basically, some of the cards that you got, you'll notice that they have to do, like, with... What would you say? Like... Like, um, like, like where wits would win over brawn, yeah. I guess you can say. <laughs> and then another thing is you get spirit, which would be blue. Okay. So, um, and most of the times you can buy, like, artifacts, too, that you can have with you. Uh, but I like it because with the sen- it's like it's almost like a different type of ascension. It does have an art art uh, odd artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we were just looking at they it online. Look- we just we found Franklin the dog as an ally. I was like, <laughs> that is awesome. Well, what's actually interesting is so like most of the cards are actually the people who worked on the game. Oh, nice. So, a lot so of them... Franklin the dog worked on the game. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, and the... Um, no, I'm going to need Dan's help because it's been eons since I've played it. But what makes this even more interesting than Ascension is basically uh, how you get to the end of the game and there's a way where um, everyone can basically lose. Yeah, it could be where the monsters win. Like, there's boss monsters that you have to fight. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is um, they do have it where, like, certain monsters, when you beat them, it actually punishes the other players. And it's not that you want that to happen, but it kind of has to happen. Yeah. And it's not so much that I'm playing this thing just to screw you other guys over. It's kind of like this card is being played because it's a reoccurring enemy or a spirit that's following us or something like that. Yeah. Which, it kind of gives it, like, that little nice ring of theme, you know, thematics. And mm-hmm. don't they have... I remember, because there are some cards that basically move along, so it's almost, like, legendary, 
where if certain monsters go to this place, yeah. and depending on how many cards are in there, it could mean the end of the game. It's like basically like they're breaking the barriers between like our world and the world of monsters. Mm-hmm. So it's actually almost like a mix of Legendary and Ascension, where instead of with Legendary, where you have a separate row of uh, villains and a separate row of buying cards, it combines both of them. So like Ascension... You have all of them together mixed in, monsters and buying cards, but some certain monster cards actually say, like, as you keep going, like, as, like, you know, like, the next turn, you see that he actually moves one card over, one card over. Mm-hmm. And I honestly cannot remember how many you need before I think it's you like lose 15. the game. Was it 15? About that. And yeah. the other thing, too, is... um. Even, like, the equivalents of the cursed cards in this game are not, like, the standard minus one victory point deal. They are mm-hmm. actually, like, when they when you draw them from your hands, you must play them and they'll do something. Nice. Yeah, it's, like, special. Almost like a... Like a, like a, like a true curse where it's, like, instead yeah. of, like, ooh, minus one point, it's, like... It's very thematic. When you, when you draw your new hand to five and you see it, you're just, like, fuck... Nice. But what's also cool is um, all the characters are tarot-sized uh, playing like players. Yeah. And they have unique abilities and s- different starting decks. Nice. So that makes the game super awesome. Like it, it again. Now this is another one of those perfect examples of like the the diamond in the rough that you go to the store, you look at it, you're like, ah, oh, this is kind of stupid. Like, why are they using photos in a game? And just walk away. That's when it's like, because uh, I mentioned before. And I think you did, Kurt, Kurt. Also, the fact that somebody looks at ga- looks at the game, the artwork, they're like, "Ugh, I'm not gonna play this. It, could, mm-hmm. it looks awful." But mm-hmm. if you actually just take the time and play it, it's actually pretty good. And the fact that so many games like this just get overlooked because of the way it is. Yeah. That's why, because I I forgot which episode it was, but I I remember we were talking about it how. I noted that there are several ways that you can actually try out a game before buying it. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's like how you said that, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. So, like, this is, like, one of them, too, where, like, if you can, like, I don't know if it's on Tabletopia, but if you can find a way to play it, somebody has it, you can go to uh, your local game store, maybe they have a copy that they can lend you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, the demo copies, or even, like, um... More famous one is the Uncommons in New York City. Yeah, they like. So Kurt, come up to New York and play. <laughs> well, we'll be there this weekend. Uh, All right, cool. We're just gonna jump on a, a, the plane. Our private jet. Yep. Yeah. Yes, or an Amtrak or something. <laughs> do they have Amtraks? Anyway? I'm sure they do. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Know. Uh, let's just. We'll pack. just jump in the car. We'll did did your son it. get the, his pilot les- uh, pilot license yet? <laughs> he. Um, he's just going to get his official license like Friday. two to four weeks. All right, that's not bad. Friday. Friday. It okay. comes to the mail. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, if the th- post office doesn't let us down. They let me down for years, so. I know. So I would definitely say that is a game, unquestionably, uh, yeah. Dark Gothic. Ask, nay, demand that your local gaming store demo this game for you. I'm so confident that you will dig this game that if you pick it up and you do not like it, email me and I will personally send you a I'm sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> so he'll and he'll take the time to actually write it out. He won't ask me to do it. I'll just CC it from the last person I sent. I'm sorry too. Yeah. Um, oh, so okay. Um, so another game uh, is actually pretty interesting, and I never knew it existed or could exist. Um, is a game called Paperback, which was also in 2014. Um, I don't know if Dan told you a little bit about this, but it's basically like. Um, a deck builder meets Scrabble, and you know, they're kind of like enjoying themselves. You know, they have a few drinks, and all of a sudden, like, things get a bit intimate, and then all of a sudden, you know, boom, they give birth to paperback. Yeah, that's right. It's exactly talked about the birds and the bees. Uh, that sounds kinky. That's good. It, oh, yeah. it is. It was. <laughs> so, <laughs> your cards are just letters. Yep. Okay. So, you have rows of cards that you can choose from to buy. And basically, you have to be your own dictionary and try to remember as many small words as you can. If you if you play it on the uh, iPad or like on the app and you you play against the smart, you will feel like the stupidest person on earth. That's it's why I so never bad. But I was gonna but, say Kurt, we're out of this game. But <laughs> dumb. We're we dumb. play, but we play it right. So when we play it, we we've actually recently started playing uh, against the smart one, but like the easiest one. It's actually pretty fun because you know you just throw in your own words, try and figure it out. It is interesting though playing it with the smart AI because you find out words you never even knew existed. Mm-hmm. And words you didn't know that like there could be words of like we were we were doing this one I cannot remember the word but it's a part of a carriage and they use that word nice and it's just yeah it's yeah, um feel so smart now don't you the we the, do feel smart after it a little bit yeah I bet <laughs> the cool deck building thing in this one is instead of your standardized by rows that are always randomized they're actually sorted by cost. So there's like the two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight cent by rows. Mm-hmm. So the by rows are fixed. There's always two cards in each row shown. And what's cool is instead of just draw all my cards, play all my cards, I have seven buying power, I get this. It's based on the words you make. You know, it's like you might only get three cents even though you had 15 cents worth of cards in your hand because QXXM doesn't really make too many words, you know. Um... Also interesting is the cards that you buy for victory points. You know, like in Dominion, you buy that victory point card, and every time you draw that victory point card, you go, well, this sucks. Yeah. The victory point cards in this game are wild letters. They're not worth any money, but you can still use them in your words for purpose. That's cool. So it's kind of like an interesting curbing aspect. They're wild, so they're not worth money. So if somebody keeps buying victory point cards, they're probably not going to really get too many more victory points. But... They also will help you get some of those times where you do have that, like that X, Q, whatever. You're like, hmm, what about like Z, I, Q, X, E, M or something? And then all of a sudden, hey, guess what? You find out that's the end leaf of a carrot after it's gone bad (laughs) because, you know, the computer played that word once and you remember seeing it. You play it. Now you're the guy that got 17 cents to buy wilds. Mm. So it's definitely awesome. Uh. The app, I think, is only like three ninety nine. Yep, I was just looking at it right now. Um, hit the buy now button 
because I'm telling you right now, uh, for us, it probably averaged about three cents a game at that price. What we do uh, is, uh, I'm sorry, one. what we do is, um, so if we play against a smart, me and Dan actually team up against a smart because, you know, the, the smart the smart AI can sometimes be a little frustrating, but I found that when we play it together and we help each other out, it actually gets kind of fun, and we just laugh about the insane words that they have. Though be careful because um, we have seen it. We've seen it once. We've seen it once where the word that they actually used was dildo. Which <laughs> so, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> really? I didn't know that they would actually use that type of word. And Kudos to you, computer. Yeah, did we try a curse word? I can't remember to see if it worked. I did try fuck, and it did not it did, accept they, that. It didn't accept that. It accepted dildo. It's a protect dildo. That is yeah. dildo. Oh, but that was, yeah. that was like the smart AI that did that. It's like, really? But I was able to things? change my fuck into frack because the U is a wild, so I was like, that works. Frack. Yeah. Nice. All right, so yeah, it says, it says that they're... Um, they're going to um, coming soon. The app is going to be an online multiplayer. Yes. Nice. Um, True. So here's the thing: the physical game is like I think about thirty five bucks plus shipping, and it's very hard to find. Very it's hard. not on cool stuff. It's not on miniature market. You'll either find it through third parties on Amazon or through the seller direct, and now you're paying mm-hmm. shipping. So it's one tenth the price if you bought the physical variants, and I'm telling you, perfect. I got 20 minutes game or like, hey, you want to quick play something before bed? So I super recommend it. Nice. Uh, for you and you only, I will give the uh, money back guarantee on this. I will give you guys a $4 credit for a, an online thing of your choice if you don't like this game because you're going to. It is. You're getting really so serious good. here. It is, I, it's probably like my favorite game out of the last couple of years. Is this going to be an empty promise here? You're, you're, no, he will say promises. No, that's a... I will swear That's a game I remember when it came out on on Kickstarter. It, it went pretty quick, and then and then everybody was just loving it. And then it never. Oh, sorry, it's fine. I'm so sorry. You bitch. No, um, <laughs> it never got a second run, right? It only got it, like a first run. It got didn't it? it got later runs, but like I said, it's only through the design, like through the publishing house. Yeah. So it's when they got them in, and there's no announcements about it. Like you got to find out. Like, oh, I saw somebody on the board game group mention that they got them back in stock. That's crazy. I saw them sell for as much as like eighty five dollars on uh, some online retailers. Yeah. I hate when they do that. It's just like I'm sorry, but you know what? Quit making us feel like we're all dumb. Yeah. You know, it's like if a game retails at forty dollars, <laughs> you know what? I'm not paying more than forty dollars. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. I'll give somebody. Ten dollars overpriced because like they went out, they got it. They're trying to make a few bucks. I, you know, they're trying something. I'm down for that. But dude, if you charge me double, nah, suck it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, so quick question, right? So, uh, we're reaching, we're reaching towards the end. Yeah. Um, and would you say that the last two are basically like by far the the most fun you had with uh, deck building games? They're definitely up there. Okay. Cause um. Yep. If if I may, uh, I would like to do uh, honorable uh, honorable mentions. We can do honorable mentions. We can do honorable mentions. I won't go. I won't go too much into it, but I do want to uh, just basically 
tell you about like just like other simple like uh, deck building games that you can play. Our forgotten comrades in arms. Oh, okay, yes, our <laughs> forgotten comrades in arms. So one of the games is called Star Realms. Oh yeah, Star Realms. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's it's mostly familiar with a two uh, a one on one game. Yep. You can buy another set and do like two on two. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, you're not a space, and you're just you can buy cards, you can buy, you can buy like fleets, you can buy planets, and then you just basically attack each other until somebody is the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is really fun. We've got a ton of gameplay out of that. Yeah. Plus, it's fairly cheap too, so yes. that 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 one is like a very, really awesome pick up and play game. Mm-hmm. It's also free on your phone. Yes, that which is, is also awesome. As is Cthulhu Realms, which is Star Realms with Cthulhu. <laughs> I should you not. Yeah. Um, so in a, another one, it's uh, it's quite popular with a lot of people who play video games. It's Boss Monster. Yeah, yeah. Boss Monster is so, cool too. Boss Monster, it's good because you basically just build, like basically building your own video game. I think of it. Mm-hmm. I honestly I don't enjoy it, but I can see the appeal for other people why they play it, and that's you know. Totally fine. Just for me, for some reason, it just doesn't click with me. Mm-hmm. I can't get into it. Uh, also, so... Harry, what? I was going to say Harry Potter has a one well, recently. What uh, I, uh, yeah. for Hogwarts Castle. What I was going to say is, uh, so you notice that how legendary, right? How big it is. Mm-hmm. They, they came out with the um, Predator. And then yep. the Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. A lot of things are being like taken from TV shows, from movies. So a lot of stuff that people could be interested in is when they do deck builders based off of Harry Potter. Um, you got uh, the DC deck builder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Personal, um, personally, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Cartoon Network Crisis uh, crossover mm-hmm. crisis. Yes, yep. that that one that one is actually if you're really into the Cartoon Network, you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. if you're not into it, you might not get the thematic so much. Yeah, because it's silly. Um, yeah, I, it is silly. Yeah, I and you've played it, right? Yeah, yeah. We have it. Yeah. Oh, L- Logan's um, favorite game. We actually played it so much that I'm actually um kind of sort of sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, you said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. it's totally. Well, well, unfortunately, Logan is a kid, and when he likes something, that's all he wants to play. That's why. It, Rattlebones has not uh, been allowed for a while because he played it so much that we're like, you know what, we're we we're don't burned wa- out. We do not want to play this with you right now. <laughs> the I think the fact that um, no, the game we were just talking DC about. DC deck builder car- cartoon. The crossover. Crossover. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the crossover. I think the reason why it's so popular with kids, and because there are elements that you don't really really see in games mm-hmm. where they have cards that say um you know like basically somebody has to like do a funny voice mm-hmm. and if you don't yeah. do the funny voice you know that's it you lose and you get like mm-hmm. a, a minus point or something yeah. like a we oh weakness and yeah. we could probably tell you the all the funny things that you have to do yeah. Um, or you have to stand up until your next turn, nope. eat an onion ring in 20 seconds. The, yeah, the, the card with the guy with the onion rings. Yeah. yeah, Ringo. Yeah, he knows he has all the cards memorized, so. I mean, but we've played it like eight bajillion times. I think what would be weird is mixing all those cards with 
like the real DC. Yes. Like the real. I call yep. it the real. Well, they call <laughs> it they call it the the Cerebus engine, and they've Whoa. got they've that got that was a big word. They've got the DC deck building stuff. They've got that Cartoon Network. They've got Street Fighter, which I still haven't played, but I'd love to because I love Street Fighter. Um, you know, and put all those together, and then th- talking of Marvel, they've got the um, Kurt Russell movie that they made the the deck building game big trouble in little china i'm like i'm like i'm I'm sorry but like how many people are gonna get this game i mean i love big trouble in little china and i love that 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 you know that game the that kind of game you know because it's based off the legendary but i'm like how many people are gonna buy this game i want to know the numbers of how popular this was because it's a fairly obscure movie to begin with well that's the same thing with uh labyrinth if you know a lot like uh I would say uh, a decent amount of my generation mm-hmm. doesn't really know about Labyrinth. Like, I never yeah. heard of it until yeah. I was with him. Yeah. And I think, like, with those games, like the... What was it called? Little China? Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in China. <laughs> yeah. I, I never saw <laughs> it. I never heard of it. No. But, Little Trouble in Big China. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a lot of that nostalgia... Yeah. You see, because then you're just yeah. like, oh, cool. Even though it might be like not that great a game, people would still buy it just because it's based off the movie. It's, yeah. So it's a game that doesn't it. need a lot of future printings because like everyone who wanted it probably got it the first week it was out. Yeah. And like, and now it'll just be people that happen to stumble across it, you know? Yeah. And then just one last honorable mention uh, would be um, the Penny Arcade game. Which actually was like kind of like the birth of that Cerberus engine. Yeah. It was like the DC deck builder before the DC deck builder. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people seem to like that game, but I, that's another game I never, I never got to play. It was uh, it was actually that... one of the games that roped uh, my older sister into tabletop yeah. with us. Well, nice. in the top hat. Yep, it's her favorite card. It <laughs> yeah, it is also like a, a cutesy type of game, and um, if you basically get like a Pax box, mm-hmm. uh, those are like the negative points, but. There are cards where you can do attacks on people, and uh, most of the time, uh, I forgot which one it was. It was like the crab thing where um, you attack somebody, they have to take a card and put it on top of their head, and it can't move. You like you can, if it falls down, then you're pox. gonna get a pack So yeah, so it feels like it's like com- like this crossover crisis well, com- completely ripped it off because yeah. they got the same thing. <laughs> but it's like it's it's simplified. It's nothing like too like involving. Yeah. But because like I don't know, like we never really you got tired of that card. I used to love playing that card. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But, I mean, like I I got the burnout that you guys got over time. But what was mm-hmm. cool about it was like there was a boss pile and there was different ones so you can change it up from game to game. And when you beat the boss card, you added it to your deck, and the boss had, like, eight variants. So yeah. you had to destroy all the forms of it to, like, you know, end the game and stuff like that. Nice. So that was pretty dope. Nice. Hmm. All right. So uh, the two last ones to hit out is, uh, like, one No, from... there's more. I'm going to add some, too. Oh, good. All right. Well, of the timeline. And then we'll yes. talk about some of our favorites. All right. Awesome. Um, so from this year, Tyrants of the Underdark. Guess who made Tyrants of the Underdark? The dudes that did Lords of Waterdeep! <laughs> of course I was going to buy this game! Yay! I didn't have to know that there was stuff in the box! <laughs> um, <laughs> so, do you know about like Dro- uh, how the drow work in d and I do, yes. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't roleplay. So, uh, here's how drow are in a nutshell, Trace. They're the most evil, diabolical of everything, and they're vicious, savage murderers, and 
the only time that they're not busy, like literally doing slave raids on the surface and tormenting people and striking deals with demons is when they're fucking each other over for political power. <laughs> Welcome to drought life. It's tough. <laughs> Average life expectancy, early teens. But Tyrants in the Underdark actually captures all that shit. So they have the mysticism of the Underdark where like you can banish cards, like you basically sacrifice them to a higher power and they become worth more victory points because they're removed from your deck. Like they were offered to like higher beings. It's actually a board where there's units, you place troops, you move, you infiltrate, you send out spies, you take over areas. There is a ton of shit to this game and it is awesome because your deck is a tool of political and militia manipulation instead of, I got five victory points! Because every <laughs> troop you take out is points. Everything you sacrifice to these beings is points. The cards in your deck are points. Like, the way of scoring is so varied. And you also get points for having majority leadership in these towns at the end of the game. Super awesome. Crazy involving. Huge negative. Big price tag. $75 MSRP. Wow. And because that turns a lot of people off, I think you'll find it on sale, like, even this week with the Black Friday sales, which will be over by the time this airs. But, like, I've seen it for 40 bucks online. Nice. Uh, at 40 yeah. That's Hells yeah. yeah. Um, so wow. that was, like, a really cool involving idea. Another one is called Clank. Yeah, like, that's fairly new that everybody, that's, like, that, that, that game is the hot shit right now is what it is. Damn right it is. The deal is... Your adventurers, you want fame, you want fortune, you want to raid some underground bases. The whole thing with Clank is there's cards that are buying power and there's movement cards. Mobility is important for getting around in the dungeon because if people are pacing you, you're going to run into empty rooms and not find shit. But you also need combat cards because there's monsters along those hallways. So you got to fight those sons of bitches off to be able to get to the rooms with all those treasures to buy all that cool shit to get those awesome golden items to find those dragon artifacts and all this other shit. But be careful because if you find a dragon egg, you have a chance of waking the dragon. Yeah. So every time you generate noise, the clank, you put a cube out into the waking area. Every time the dragon attacks, sweep all those cubes into this bag and you pull out cubes equal to the dragon's attack. Every time one of your color cubes comes up, you put it on your life track. You take 10 damage, you die. Wow. It's a deck builder where you can be murdered. But the greatest, <laughs> the greatest thing, though, is even if you die, you still have a chance of winning. It depends right. on where you die. If you die underground, you're that's it. You're, yeah. you're just dead underground. Yeah. If... Because, like, there are layers. So if you die above ground uh, and you have treasure on you, you will still get that victory point. And basically, as we were uh, as we were told, villagers come see your dead body, they praise you as a hero, and they take you off into, like, a memorial. Okay? Yeah. If you die uh, without any treasure, um, that's it. They, just they don't, they don't care about you. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't, yeah. I don't, and I think that you don't even count your points. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool because there's randomized treasures on the board. You're running around. You're trying to find all the shit. There's actually deep underground merchants, hidden, like pathways that are almost inaccessible unless you find certain objects and get them in your deck and have them when you're in those rooms. And once somebody makes it out or dies, there's a countdown clock of five rounds. 
Nice. Anytime somebody that's dead or escaped goes, the dragon attacks. Nice. So it's just brutal and it's awesome. <laughs> and you see you see that anxiety as soon as somebody dies. That's when people start to rush up yeah. to get above ground and so, sometimes they try to get out of the dungeon. Sometimes people like one of the like a viable strategy is you just get a decently priced item and you just try to get out because also getting out is bonus victory points. Yeah. Nice. So it's like oh, fuck it, I got this cheap thing, I'm leaving. Yeah. All well, you makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. You go in a dungeon, you're looking for stuff, you collect stuff. You sense danger, you know a dragon's coming for you. Oh, let's get the, I got this plate and I'm out of here, you know? Yeah. It makes sense. It, mm-hmm. It's very cool, very fun. Uh, double-sided board where there's the regular and then the hard version. So the game lets you up the difficulty if you find that, you know, it's a little too easy and accessible. Yeah. But That's it's, cool. Yeah. And it's just an amazing, awesome idea of, like... Your, you know, your deck is your combat and your mobility and your buying power and your victory points. But there's also almost like a sense in those victory points. Like, I got this treasure. Oh, shit, it's worth 20 points. Bam, I got that in my backpack. Now I just got to get out of here. How can I get out of here? Like, I need to get out of here, but I don't want to get killed by the dragon. Let me wait for everyone else to generate some noise. Let You know, I'll wait for everyone else to catch up. And they even got, like, these things where, like, the mechanical monkey helper. Where you're like... <laughs> It lets you draw three cards. That's awesome. It generates three clank. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to get a huge hand, but you're probably going to die. You know, yeah. these things happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's super cool. Very, very fun game. And that's really the game that made me go like, you know, it's crazy that Dominion started this. And now we're moving around on a board with hidden treasures, fighting monsters to get points to escape so we don't burn to death in a deck builder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's come a long way from, I buy a silver. Your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Exactly. Here's here's a providence. Oh, that's weird. You know, even though even though you don't see it no. in Dominion. Province. 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 Yeah, province. Yeah, sorry. Providence is a place. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it is. Whatevs. So, so what are some of the uh, so what are some of your uh, favoriting uh, aspects of deck builders over there? What are some of your top titles that would you like to mention? Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a couple of uh, honorable mentions before, I, and I'll do that really quick, and then I'll just talk about basically my top three. A couple of things that 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 we didn't talk about that you guys you guys may have missed, or you know maybe just didn't feel like talking about. Uh, Resident Evil had their own deck building game that came out in 2011. Which was a fun game because you not only did you have a story mode where you could go through a story battling the infected and stuff like that and battling like the main boss like you would in the Resident Evil video games, but also you could fight each other. So you could actually take out some of the infected and stuff like that and battle each other. And then there was another one that's like a survival mode where it's basically like shit's going down, you need to fight, you need to win, or you're done. The only thing that sucked about this game is it took you about five hours to play it. So, you know, when you're thinking deck building games, you're like, okay, I, I can play this and I can, you know, be done within, an, you know, half an hour to an hour, depending upon how many players, I'm good to go. Well, this game, first, te- first time we played it, I think took us three hours with learning, which I can understand, like, some games take a while, but the fact that it took us three hours to play this fucking game, I was like, I don't know if I can take this much more. And then we played it a couple more times. 
two hours of gameplay. I'm like, well, looks like I'm trading this to somebody, and I did. So that was that. It, which, it, again, it was still a fun game, but it just was too long. I just don't want that in my deck-building games. Um, another one... You don't like it when it's a really long deck, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Just, well, and then it just... Well, and I think a lot of it, too... You're just getting uh, crammed on that long deck. Yeah, I know. And then there was... And then, like, you know, some guys would just keep, like, reoccurring, I think, too. He's concentrating too. really hard yes, right I now. Am. <laughs> or ignoring you. Yes, both. And then... Um, <laughs> Another one uh, is Core Worlds by uh, Stronghold Games. That's another one that had an awesome theme to it. It had a lot of story to it. If you actually looked within the cards and stuff like that, it had actual story to it. And uh, we had a couple expansions for that, and I really dig that one. It's basically a game, same thing. It's ground troops, ships. You're trying to uh, you're trying to conquer these worlds and stuff like that. You go through like. 10 phases of the game and just try to get as many victory points as you can. That was a super, that's a super fun game. So that's pretty much it for that. Um, but my top three, it's, I mean, I've talked about this before. Uh, no one's going to be really surprised by it. I love the, the DC deck building game so much. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just a fanboy that just can't get past it. You know, I'm always going to pick that, but that's always my favorite. Dominion is second just because, I mean, it's just such a good game. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I've played that game. Like, just like any game, you can get sick of it. But, like, every once in a while when we pull it out, we're like, okay, let's play this again. I'm like, oh, my old friend, you know? And then you play it, and you're like, you just love it so much. And then third for me would probably be Marvel. Again, I'm just I'm just a fanboy when it comes to, to comic book stuff, so I just really like it, and I love... I love the versatility of it and the fact that it just keeps getting bigger and better. I just, I love it so much. What about you, honey? What are your top favorites for deck building games? From what we've played? No, from what you've I, never played. Yeah, I wasn't... <laughs> I know. Hey. In my dreams, hey, I would... This is my role. Hey. This is what I do. Hey. I always pick on anybody anytime I have a shot at picking on somebody. That's my role. I think he does pick on me too. So, <laughs> and that's why he's a hero to all the he children. He must. He must. He must like us then, Kim. <laughs> oh, that he must love Dan because he picks on Dan all the time. He does all the time. He does. I won't tell you what he says. I love getting I've messages. Seen, like I've that. seen some of the texts that he sent in, and I'm a little oh, bit no. worried. They're so romantic. They are. They? Oh my god. Mm. I love messages of we recording tonight, fuckface. <laughs> yeah, I know. That means he loves you. Okay, so I would say. This is a tough one. Um, I would say maybe my first one is Marvel. Then, mm, I'm yeah, I'm kind of digging that one right now. Good thing we're editing this. I'm trying to think of what other deck building games we've played recently. I really, um, I would say Ascension. I'm really liking that, but I I do want to add to our collection but now now i am intrigued about trying it um on my phone the app may be a little better only because after a while there's so many cards that you can get that your deck could end up like this literally on your phone no no on physical oh okay that's why the app it it might be a little bit better because what we did is we actually got rid of our copy like we got rid of everything 
we got the app and we just got like most of the expansions on the app. So it's much better having the computer randomize the cards than us breaking it down into six piles, shuffling it, and then trying to shuffle them into each other. So, so you don't miss playing it with like more people? You can pass and play. Pass and play. And okay. the reason, the only reason I really suggest the app is, don't get me wrong, the physical game is cool. And if you mm-hmm. like, if you keep up on it and you're always getting the latest one, you know, like the apps are always about a year or so behind. But for the price of one standalone Ascension, you can get every single thing that's on the iPad right now. You know, it's like, I think it's like 25 bucks, 30 bucks, and you get four different core sets, three expansion sets. All the promo cards, it's awesome. And can't you pick what you want in each Yeah, deck? you can activate what you want in each game and each time that you play. Mm. Nice. So. I'll have to check it out. And then I would say, I'm not going to call myself a fangirl, but I think I like the DC. I, I'm kind of sucked into um, the options of being able to do um, cri- like crisis and even though sometimes it seems impossible to be able to do that, we beat it twice now. And I mean, being able to commingle and mix all of that kind of stuff together, sometimes it seems like it's the same, but you can you can mix it. I, don't we have it all? Do For DC? Have, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, we have it all. Yeah, pretty much have it all. Yeah. So we have so many options of being able to mix all of that up. Now I think that it, it it's cool to be able to play all that i like the variety of being able to play all those games so Mm -hmm. i don't know i would say those are my three probably right now what about you guys so i have to say my third favorite is dark gothic um because it has a dog in it and uh no it's the 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 fact that it's the combination of ascension and legendary where it has it's like it has it has more to it than ascension, but it's not as complex as legendary. Yeah. Cause I can like the whole fact of that legendary has that one line of villain row that just keeps moving, as opposed to in dark gothic, it's mixed in with the cards. So if you see it and you see that special card just keeps moving down, then you're like, okay, so like that's one card I just mm. gotta get rid, uh, take care of. But I like that one. I think um, it's cool that the monsters are actually a threat as opposed to just something that lays around waiting for you to murder it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in Ascension. Like, you see this beast guy that you need, like, 12 uh, attack. I'm a giant demon! Forever. I'm a giant demon! Anyone? <laughs> anyone care? No? Alright. Yeah. Well, if you get any combat, I'm over here. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I'll just stay over here. I'll wait for her. Um, uh, my second choice, and I don't think we've talked about it, but we did talk about uh, the company Cosmic Goddess that did it. Mm-hmm. They're the same company, right? Yeah, Jap Enemy. Yeah. Does. So Jap Enemy came out with uh, Tanto Quarry, which was not exactly what's the word beloved by the game community. Not it's, it wasn't loved. It was actually hated upon, mm. and just people just shit all over it. I can see why. And if you look up Tanto Quarry, you can kind of see why. The main thing was the artwork. It is, a, like, as, the first one wasn't as raunchy as the other ones, the expansions. But even, like, the first one, it has, you know, the anime girls. 
And they, I think, they have cute outfits on them. Like, cute maid outfits, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it could be a little showy. Not as bad as the ones with, in the expansions. But, um... Do you see usually the pictures? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the expansion ones, they get a little, they get worse. Really uh, scandalous. Very, very Ooh. scandalous. Ooh, yeah. like that one, Felicity Horn. But I, I don't mind the artwork. Like I don't feel offended for it. Mm. And I honestly, I don't see why people would. If it's something where you buy it and you're playing it at home, <laughs> it's not like it's like being shown everywhere. Like everyone yeah. can see it. It's something that you buy, you're gonna take home, and that's it. Yeah. So, and then also, people didn't like the mechanic of it. It is a deck builder, but you're basically buying the cards and they're girls. And a lot of women were like, oh, this is a poor representation of women because you're picturing women, uh, uh, women as objects that you can buy. And it's oh, like... Lord. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Well, if you think about it, then you're objectifying uh, men and women in Legendary because you're buying well, characters in the thing and you're treating them as if they're objects. So what is the difference? But what is it about it you like? I, well, <laughs> so, I think... I see that you're no. getting enraged by it. This isn't your top three, so what... what I, have so I like people. Hey, hey, Dan, there was no steam coming out of her ears. Mm. She wasn't that mad about it. I would no, I'm not. I wasn't that mad about it. You, you'll know when I'm like really mad. At yeah, you. but she's like clutching my leg so hard it's like my no, bones I wasn't. Stop lying. I was just such a liar. Basically, I like it because of the artwork. I enjoy like you know like the anime stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think like the girls are dressed cute. You know, even like the raunchy ones. But I, I enjoy it for that, and also the fact that you know. You, you buy love and you buy girls, but it's not, like, objectifying. It's just like, oh, cool, I get this girl that can combo off of another girl, you know? And it's like, I, that's kind of why I like mm. it. Mostly for the artwork, I, I have to admit. But the gameplay, I think, is not that bad. One thing I, I do dig in that game is um, there's an action where you basically call a card out from your deck to, like, put into a scoring area. That's your main way of scoring, and it's also the way of calling your deck. So it's one of the few deck builders where you're getting control. Like, you can ebb and flow the control over your deck as the game goes on. Um, and the boobs. And yeah. the boobs, yeah. Can't go wrong with the boobs. Um, so my number one, I would have to say, is because my inner child is very much alive, and it's really hard for me to hide it sometimes, is the cartoon crossover. I do love that game. Like I I, in, I enjoy a lot uh, a lot of Cartoon Network cartoon shows, mm -hmm. and the fact that it also brings like outside elements to it, you know, like the fact that oh, if you have you know a bag of food or something, like you gotta eat the mm -hmm. end rings, or wasn't it um something like it was uh, Adventure Time Munchkin, where. They have it if somebody has, like, a cup on the table. Yeah, the bucket knight gets stronger and everything. Yeah, yeah it... like, the certain card will get stronger because there's a cup on the table. Or if you're playing against Marceline, 
and you're wearing red anywhere on you, she gets, like, more powerful. Like, I like those type of games because it makes it a little bit more interesting because you're not just focusing on the game. Now you have to either do something, say something, or just watch out an environment mm. around you. So. It's real-life player interaction instead of I yeah. attack you for two. I would love for them to put out a, another, like, character and, like, little expansion pack for that. Yeah, for sure. That would make it... That would... We'd we'd play it, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, for sure. We were pretty excited when we got it because you, every you know every once in a while you're lucky you get those games where it's like oh first printing you get this. We got the one of the first printings of that game and we got Didi as an extra character like and a promo and we're yeah. like sweet you know I love that whole thing. Yeah, I would just love to see like one or two more people from like each show like Princess Bubblegum or something like that or uh, oh yeah yeah you know, like Susan yeah. Strong or something like that or even like yeah. the, the some of the new shows that came out like We Bear Bears that's a silly oh, stupid show yeah that silly, is stupid. an awesome that is a good show it's so, so it's pretty funny silly it's yeah. great yeah. yeah that could be kind of cool I would like to see something like that mm-hmm. number three <laughs> for me is Rune Age. Which is uh, so in the world of Terranoth, like Runebound. Okay, you can't ta- you can't <laughs> rate a game that you never even fucking talk about in this episode. Come wait, on, it's on my wait. top three. I'm not rating to, or ranking. It's to, a... to be fair, I added Tanto Quarry. And your face. I didn't talk about yeah, but it. you've talked about that. People actually know that you've talked about it. Dan didn't even me- has never mentioned that game ever. It's the holiday spirit. I'm giving you a surprise. <laughs> Um, it's very, it's basically in the world of Terranoth, which is like where Descent, Runebound, um, Rune Wars, all that stuff happens. What's pretty cool about it is, uh, you got like four different play modes. You can play co-op, you can play versus, you can play territory control. It's like a lot of cool elements, pretty fun. And, uh, another one of those games where you will always walk past it and go, hmm, and just keep walking. Yep. Yep. That's another one that I, I see all the time. I think they even have it at our local game store. What is it called? Rune Age. And I, and I and I see it and I'm like that looks kind of cool. Never even bother to you know second glance at it. I think it's because you Give know that Dan likes it, so you're probably like, oh, yeah, that's something exactly. Dan will like. Fuck yeah. 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 I, all of a sudden, I see I see like a mirage of his face. I go, fuck this game, yeah, and I yeah. walk away. You're like dipshit likes it. It can't possibly be good. <laughs> um, the second on my list is Paperback, uh, just because, like I said, we play it so often, and it's just it's the ideal. Eh, I got to be at work in 15 minutes. Start up. And then uh, last one <laughs> is Arctic Scavengers, just because we have had so much fun with that combat element. I love that, you know, it's like you have that instinct of it's a deck builder, points, 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 points. But then, like, you see someone lay down three cards, and you're like, I think you're bluffing, and I can take you. Nice. You know, and it's also just something fun about playing a deck builder where you got snipers, where it's like, oh, you think that card's going to help you? They're dead now. Yeah. So I'm going to take this, and I'm going to laugh because you're wrecked. You know, you get to be. Oh, the, now know. I know why you like this game because you're super competitive and you want to destroy everyone. I just like it because you can be a super asshole. <laughs> There's also nothing quite like. So wait a minute, isn't that what I just said? Okay. Yeah, uh, competitive usually means you think you're going to win. Uh, <laughs> that and it's also uh, the ultimate game of king making, where well, I have snipers and I'm not going to win this fight. But the question is, which of you two will? <laughs> yeah, <nice. So>, yeah. <laughs> and that's always kind of fun, you know, because you got to make a choice, right? Yep. so so that is the uh the flow of deck builders from the early days of i do this thing it's your turn to killing each other moving uh guys around on board stealing treasures fighting underground wars hiring maids rolling dice pulling out chips playing puzzle strike fighters eating onion rings eating onion rings (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a hell of a way to go. Within from, uh, 20 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a hell of a jump from I get one victory point to give me some goddamn onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad we were able to take the journey together. So yeah, so that's it for this episode. Um, I, we don't have a lot in the pipeline coming up just because I always like to keep it light because of Christmas time, holidays. You know, it always seems like people are always kind of doing their own thing. But uh, the one thing I'd like to do is is to get us all together one last time to do a top games of this year, stuff that we've played. Um, and then also like a little, we'll talk about stocking stuffers, like things that we'd like to add into people's list or in people's stockings. I'd be like, you know what, here's a fun little thing that you can add on to, uh, you know, make somebody's Christmas that much more, you know, fun. So, so hopefully we'll do that. We'll get away from the top eight because that seems a little convoluted. So we'll probably do like top, top five, top three or something like that. And then just talk about some, some little add-ons that we like to, you know, get people aware of because there's always those little things that that nobody knows about that it's always kind of cool to add that in there so so until next time i'm kurt this is tracy this is kim and this is caprica six (laughs) (laughs) all right guys be good to yourselves and play fucking board game (laughs) legends of tabletop podcast creating legends Die at a time.